I'm Reverend J. Stewart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ from the grave. Resurrection Sunday carries varying levels of significance for different people. For some, it's referred to as Easter Sunday, a Sunday that draws many people to church in observance on this special day. For some, it is a time commemorated with families getting together, joining in festive activities and a special meal. For the Christian believer, the resurrection is at the core of the Christian faith tradition. For without the resurrection, Christianity would not fully articulate the justice, love, and mercy of God towards all of humanity. So I thank God today that through his son Jesus, we are also raised or resurrected from the the grips of death. And thank God that we are resurrected from hopelessness to faith and from fear to strength. So on this day, we thank God for the gift of the resurrection in Jesus' name. Now there's a, a biblical text that comes from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter in the 18th verse, and it reads in this way. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. If I could use this verse as a launching pad for our message today. From this verse, I would use the title, The Incorruptible Witness. The resurrection of Christ was, in fact, a historical event that changed life on earth forever. The resurrection of Christ remains as an incorruptible witness to the power, mercy, justice, and the love of God towards all of humanity. The resurrection of Christ invites us to a new life, reconciled, redeemed, and justified before God. In the scripture that I read, we heard the account of Mary Magdalene saying, I have seen the Lord. This was certainly her hallelujah moment. But she didn't get to that hallelujah moment without first going through some stuff. I would like to take a a moment to explore some of what we know about Mary Magdalene. We know that Mary Magdalene was a brave and a faithful woman who followed Jesus. According to the Gospel of Luke, the eighth chapter in the second verse, she had an encounter with Jesus and was delivered from the grips of seven demons who were cast out from her life 
by Jesus. So Mary Magdalene, she personally experienced the rescuing, saving, and delivering power through Jesus the Christ. Then we have the Gospel of Mark, the 15th chapter, verses 40 and 41 where we'll find that the scripture evidences that she showed her gratitude through her ministering to Christ along his ministerial journey on earth. She contributed to his well-being and care. She loved him. And then thirdly, in the Gospel of John, the 19th chapter, verse 25, reveals her commitment to Christ by her presence at the cross. I must remind us today that when others fled in fear, confusion, and terror, Mary Magdalene was near to the cross. She remained faithful and was a witness to his dreadful murder by crucifixion. The Gospel of Matthew in the 27th chapter further articulates her loyalty to Christ by her presence at the tomb. It was at the tomb where she first witnessed the stone rolled into place. The stone was set in front of the tomb where the beaten and the inhumanely tortured body of Jesus had been laid. And then in the, the Gospel of Mark, the 16th chapter, verse 9, she we see that she was the first person to whom Christ appeared after his resurrection. We have the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, where Mary, by the power of the Holy Ghost, stands as an incorruptible witness, and she boldly proclaims, I have seen the Lord. So now we have summarized a bit about what we know about Mary Magdalene. But let's get back to this selected portion of scripture. The Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, verses 1 and 2 tells us that early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and she said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Mary observed that the stone, the one that was used to shut the tomb, the stone that she saw put into place was no longer blocking the entrance to the tomb. And her imagination led her to believe that Jesus was taking, taken away from this tomb. She was suspicious that the authorities had removed the body of Jesus for one reason or another. I can imagine her mental anguish over the missing body. Whatever the reason for taking the body was, it would be considered as a further act of disrespect and violence against Jesus and his followers. 
So after hearing this report from Mary, Peter and John, with a great sense of urgency, ran to the tomb to see and witness for themselves the absence of the body of Jesus. The Bible says, so Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb and both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. It is at this point in the narrative that Mary Magdalene is overwhelmed with grief, sorrow, pain, and she can't take it anymore. Then suddenly she encounters the unexpected. The Bible says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. So here's something to think about. Mary loved Jesus. She and the other disciples were now traumatized. They were traumatized by the crucifixion. And now not only did they brutally kill him, but in her mind, they have taken his body. She was in great agony, hopeless and distraught. Not knowing where they put his body, added to the deep trauma that Mary Magdalene already experienced. To take his body was just another injustice against Jesus and his followers. What more would they do to Jesus even after he died? But in her greatest moment of sorrow, there was a divine intervention. The Bible tells us that at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. I would propose today that she was so overwhelmed that she didn't recognize Jesus. After seeing him beaten and killed, she certainly didn't expect to see him again. You may wonder why she didn't recognize him. And some people have suggested that he may have looked different. But let me ask you something. 
Do we always recognize the presence of God in the midst of our sorrow and struggle? Do we always recognize the presence of God in our daily lives? Or are we too distracted by the disorientation that comes from our economic, political, and social suffering? Are we also blinded by our trauma? The bigger question for us is does he show up or is he always there and we don't always recognize his presence? That's a good question for today, for us. But for Mary Magdalene, this faithful follower of Jesus, her perception was distorted by her grief and her pain. The unstopping flow of tears drained her emotionally. She was weakened physically by what she had witnessed. She was unable to recognize Jesus because she was overwhelmed by emotional, physical, spiritual pain and grief. I must tell you that that I love this part of the story. Why? Because it reminds me of along my life's journey when the, the storms of life were threatening and as the songwriter said, the winds of sorrow were blowing. It was then and there that God met me where I was at. I didn't meet him on the harmonious mountaintops of peace and happiness. He met me in the valley of despair. God met me with the same resurrecting power in his hand that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. It wasn't a different power or a lesser power It was the same power, and he lifted me from my despair. I remember that on this Resurrection Sunday. And I have a funny feeling that I'm not the only one out there today that has been lifted by the resurrecting power of God. So returning to the text, Jesus brings clarity to the moment. He redirects her focus from her sorrow. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rebbenai, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Then Jesus tells Mary what she should include in her witness to the others. He tells her, go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So we asked the question, after hearing all of this, what exactly is the power and the relevance of the resurrection for us today? 
this great witness. The resurrection of Christ was a historical event that changed life on earth forever. Through the resurrection, we are reconciled, redeemed, and restored to the possibility of right relationship with God. The resurrection of Christ remains as an incorruptible witness to the power, the justice, the mercy, and the love of God towards humanity. Through the two ordinances of the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper, we celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Both of these ordinances serve as a memorial witness to God's activity and love towards humanity. The ordinances have served as a steadfast witness for over 2,000 years that points our minds and hearts to God. What an incorruptible and faithful witness. The resurrection invites us to also be faithful in our witness. The resurrection invites us to a new life, a life where our internal freedom, which is granted by the grace of God, also allows us to love God and others. You know, we like to say we've been set free from the power of sin and death. That is true, but we've also been set free to love God, to love our neighbor, and love ourselves. The resurrection lets us know, like the songwriter said, that because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Through the re resurrection, yes, we know that there is life beyond death. We know that justice is on the way. We know that there is joy beyond the sorrow and there is hope for a brighter tomorrow. The resurrection, the power of the resurrection empowers us to reject the power of sin and death. The resurrection, this glorious resurrection affords us the privilege, the ability to be reconciled in right standing with God and others. The resurrection enables the reordering of our values and enables us to impact and bring change to societal structure. We all want to get to heaven, but we can make a change in this world by the grace and power of God. This resurrection restores and uncovers the image of God in us and claims victory for us over the sin that is imposed upon us. The resurrection grants us our human dignity as a gift from God. We who were dehumanized, outcast, and marginalized are rehumanized with dignity from on high. Dignity because we are blessed with the privilege of being sons and daughters of God.
But you don't get to the resurrection without the dying. You don't get to Easter before Good Friday. You don't get to the hallelujah moment without first going through some stuff. So are we willing to yield ourselves to the dying of self-interest and let God be the Lord of our lives? Are we willing to let God resurrect us from complacency and, and disordered comforts and inordinate attachments? Will we allow our dying to idolatrous attachments in our lives? Will we? I'm talking about those things in our lives that we place before God. If we are willing to die to the corrupting influences in this world, if we are willing to stand up for justice and peace, then we can celebrate the resurrecting power of God with great relevancy today. This resurrection stands as an incorruptible witness to God's love, justice, and mercy towards humanity. Mary Magdalene stood as an incorruptible witness to this resurrection. She came out and told everyone, I have seen the Lord. Are we ready to take our place as incorruptible witnesses to the grace of God, the transformative power of God, the righteousness, mercy, and compassion of God in this troubled world? Are we ready to be the love of God in action? This is my word for Resurrection Sunday, and I thank you for listening. You've been listening to Faith Talk, and I would encourage you to visit the website at www.reverendjstuartglover.com. On the website, you can reach out to me by email. You can leave me a voicemail, and I'll get back to you. Join our listening community. God bless you. And take your place as an incorruptible witness to the love of God in this world. Amen.